Hello guys and girls and welcome to episode 50 of the F Reality Podcast. We have just hit the big 5-0 and of course we couldn't celebrate uh, without having some sort of technical issues so I do apologize for that but it is a reminder that this is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show that is live streamed every Saturday on this very YouTube channel. You can also check out the live stream on our Twitch and our Facebook. You can tune into the show live at 7pm in Europe 6 p.m. in the UK and 12 midday in Central US. If you missed the live stream, don't worry, you can catch up with the whole show as I re-upload it every Sunday to this very YouTube channel. Or you can check out the audio version, which is available on Google Play Music, iTunes, and on SoundCloud. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback during the show, please put them in the chat and we'll try to answer as many questions as we can. Now, if you're new to the new to the show, let me introduce you to the team. First up, this guy, he loves nothing more than to make beautiful music for dolphins, of course. It is Nathy. How you doing, dude? You all right? Yeah. Yeah, I am. I uh, I was a bit confused just a second ago, so I just ate my cookie quickly because I didn't finish it yet. So for me, this shutdown for a second was fine, so I could just finish my delicious, delicious cookie. Yeah. So you're, Start, you're having story a of the day. day. Is that yeah. a They're like... Look, uh, Panic, panic. And I'm just like, hey, wait a second. I didn't finish my cookie. So that's what I was doing there. <laughs> as long as you're all right, that's the main thing. <laughs> I know. I know. So, but, but it's good to be back. Yes. Good, good. Good to hear. Good to hear. So next up, he's been temporarily slowed down, but the fastest YouTuber alive will be back on track soon. In his brand new studio, that is. How you doing, Rowdy? You yeah, right? I'm. I'm doing all right. You know, I've been. Uh, I've been hard at work, like trying to get everything running and trying to get everything uh, back as a, as it's supposed to be. Uh, but yeah, it's been. A, it's been a rough week for me. A very, very rough week. Uh, just you know, a lot of dust everywhere. I do get like the room a little bit together. I managed to clear out some stuff here. All the messes on the floor, so you you don't see all of that. It looks very clean, but trust me. It is not. It is not clean yeah. at all. Show us. The we, we don't. We don't want that camera to pan down because we know you've got a his, history of not wearing any trousers when yeah, you yeah, stream. So course, you know, yeah. we don't want that. We don't I want never, to, I never, to have Rowdy exposed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, next up, some people say that this guy likes to eat pixels for breakfast. It is, of course, our resident VR Twitch streamer Zimtok Five. How are you doing on this fine day, dude? Ah, uh, today's a good day. I like the weekend. During the week, like Rowdy, I had a bit of a shite week. But other than that, it's good to be at the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so better good days to, good, are good Saturdays. To hear you're, you're better, though. If you've had a shite week, put your hands up in the chat and let us know. We'd love to know your thoughts. <laughs> so last but by no means least, myself, the host of the show, Mike from Virtual Reality Oasis. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the PSVR sells 3 million headsets. We discuss how this console-based VR headset is leading the pack right now and tell you its most played titles. <clears throat> we're also going to be talking about Star VR. Uh, we're going to tell you about the specs of this newly announced headset from Starbreeze and Acer. And then finally, we're going to be talking about Gamescom 2018, where we're going to talk about our predictions for the biggest gaming event of the summer. But first up, of course, let's find out what everyone's been playing in VR this week. And first up, let's hit it over to Zim. How, how, how's it been for you, dude? Has it been an the, interesting uh, week? I know you've had a shite week, but any, any sort of good stuff in, in the VR world? What you, what you don't want to do after you've had a tough, stressful week where you feel like you can't breathe is to, is to end that week and punctuate it with, uh, with a game that is like Super Meat Boy for VR. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Pixel Ripped, uh, which oh. I did beat yesterday. Cha-ching! I nice. did finish it, but my God, the ending of that is like, it, 
you just I just saw pixels after a while and I was like I'm I'm gonna go to I'm gonna die tonight I just I just know that tonight is the night my life ends uh, yeah. but it is a beautiful game and uh, it is probably one of the most surprising titles this year that I've run across I did not expect something to have transformed so um magically from what was a very boxed kind of indie Nate will know because he played everything back in the day like I did you know the boxed little indie demo into this fully fledged like beautiful wonderfully length experience like it's not super long uh, if you're expecting super long it's not but I got probably two full shows out of it plus my wife was begging me to play it again and she's like I can't watch because I want to finish the ending it's, it's just such a wonderful ode to like old games and new games at the same time I haven't seen many games do that so well yeah, exactly. That sort of real dose of nostalgia that it gives you oh, is is, so is unparalleled in VR right now. But like you say, that end boss, like not to give you any spoilers, people that are watching haven't completed the game, but it is hard as freaking nails. It's like it, it totally goes with the tone of the game because obviously the games of that genre were so freaking hard as well. Like they were just almost impossible to, to beat. Like this isn't impossible, but it is definitely a challenge. And I think probably half the amount of time that you sink into the game will probably end up just being on the final bus alone. But, you know, like Ready Player One as a film, right? There's so many like social and past like gaming and pop culture references. This game does the same thing. So if Mm. you enjoy that kind of a look back and listening for like the little sayings, uh, you know, the little character bits, little, you know, little pixelated Nathies, all, all that kind of stuff, you know, that game's got it. And so it's got quite a bit in there for you to explore. And actually, I don't think it's not unsurmountable either. I can like I finished the game with, I think, 13 of the 20 cartridges oh, after nice. first run through. So mm-hmm. like and one of the levels I'd, I'd completed that way so just in a first run. So I, I think it's a very uh, surmountable game and in a nice, tidy package. So even if you're a busy fecker like me, you'll be able to take this one on. And I actually think it's totally must play. But that that game was definitely the pinnacle of my week. Yeah, nice. Good to hear, man. It's interesting as well, because uh, I don't know if you're aware, but there is actually a pixel ripped clone on the Oculus Go right now. Like someone's actually ripped off the whole game completely (laughs) down to like the whole premise. Like you're in a classroom, there's a headmaster, you're playing on like a little Game Boy device and it's called Pip Pip Pat Plan. The most bizarre, the most bizarre name ever. Um, But yeah, they've just literally straight up ripped it off and and, and released it on the Oculus Go store. Mm. And it kind of uh, brings us back to a previous episode where we've talked about like the the quality of the games on on some of the the stores right now and a lot of the fake reviews and stuff like that that we're seeing. It's just like, how do they even let this stuff through the gate? Uh, It's very strange indeed. But Uh, but the title is still better than than Hospital Terror Escape VR simulator yeah it, it is it is <laughs> that, that game was legit that game was legit okay, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um okay so let's uh pass it over to nathy because uh i know that you've uh, had a busy week this week preparing for gamescom you've probably played a lot of stuff but what yes. do you want to talk about <laughs> i uh i wanted to talk about uh electronauts uh mm. we played it together uh we have been jamming and uh Man, I mean that that game is amazing. I, I played a little demo at E3 and playing it alone was was okay, you know. And if you are not really into music, you can still jam along. It's not like you need to be a pro. It always sounds good. You can never mess a track up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when I then played together with you when it was finally out, I was like, wow, this is this is way better than I expected. So. Um, let's say if you have friends that are interested in music or 
like to play together with you in VR, then then Electronauts is something else, something different, uh, uh, co-op wise. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, we could just share, right? We had different instruments we could use, and sometimes you were using a, a laser harp, for example, and then uh, the next moment we were switching it up, and I was trying the laser harp. So you can just yeah uh, make music together and. That's something we haven't really seen that much in the VR space just yet. You know, most, uh, let's be honest, be honest here, most musical uh, experiences or rhythm-based games are usually about you playing alone. Well, this one lets you share the rhythm together. So I think yeah. that's, that's really, really fun and interesting. Absolutely. And plus, like, we made one of the best tracks, the hottest tracks of the summer, in fact, exactly. which is uh, Dolphins of the Metaverse. And, uh, you know, it's Beautiful. coming to iTunes soon. You know, you can download it. You can just play it yeah. in your car through the high street, you know, get everyone pumped and hyped that the end we're of the not. summer is coming. You know, put your yeah, flippers up in the air if you just don't care. We're, we're, we're announcing a tour soon as well. So yeah. if, you, if you're in uh, England, uh, Holland land, uh, Belgium, uh, America, like everywhere, we're, we're, we're just doing... The entire tour, you know. Yeah, so you want to hear this experiencing one? some some technical difficulties, like. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, it, we, we had a lot of fun with it, and it's just a shame that the the PSVR users out there that that pick up Electronauts are yes. going to experience that because yeah. it, the PSVR version of the game is just single player only, which is a shame because I echo exactly what you said in that it's way more fun to DJ with someone else. Like we actually felt like we were like Daft Punk, and you know, really sort of like laying down those beats you know? I, I watched the video it, it didn't sound like tough punk though to be honest what are you saying Rally? what are you saying did you did you even play it did you even upload it but on no, your of course channel? i didn't play it yet yeah well then you, you, no, you don't have an opinion because you're using your, your your construction right now as an excuse that's why yeah, yeah. We know, like Rowdy is actually faking his uh, yeah, construction. Like, it's just a green happen. screen. You know, he's not sitting there at all. Like, look, look, it looks fake. It looks fake. But even so, even uh, single player, I just wanted to comment on on Electronauts because I was I was duly impressed, and I'm a big audiophile. I have been for years, and you know, getting getting especially who they got behind it. You know, mm. I'm really surprised. Um, Servios. Uh, you know, getting Stevie Aoki, getting Tiesto. I suppose they licensed the music off of these uh, creators, but the the track choices are lovely. And also some of the game mechanics, like throwing those beat grenades, you know, when you're doing your track and the way they go off and the different samples that you have, even within kind of one container track, but then moving from track to track, even single player, I found it totally enjoyable. I, yeah. I, again, that's another example where, you, you might be quite hesitant to put your money down, you know, mm -hmm. for something like that. But wow, the quality level that Servios brought, I actually think from all of their games, they're obviously a solid performer, but Electronauts to me really stood out as um, if you're into audio at all, definitely do it. Yeah, yeah exactly. I've and seen, I think I've seen people doing like live jams with the program already mm -hmm. together with like a live band and someone play, playing mm -hmm. in uh, as an Electronaut, yeah. like playing as that and then doing a mix of that. And it sounds freaking awesome, like it really does. It just yeah, makes it's... a big difference as well. If, if you happen to get your hands on a sub pack and stick that on your back, my God, it feels like you're in a bloody rave. It's awesome. This is, uh, for people who don't know, it's a, it's like a backpack. You wear it like a hydro pack and um, it's, a, it's a tactile transducer in there. So it's basically a subwoofer that you wear and it, you feel it going into your body while you're going through the track. It's awesome. 
And also, you might be interested uh, in, in an audio game that we're going to announce that is coming up next week for PSVR as well, then, uh, Zim, if you're into your audio games. Yep. So that's coming up very soon. Uh, but let's just find out what Rowdy has been up to this week, because I know you haven't been playing that much VR stuff, but let, let's give us a little update on how the studio is going now, you know? Yeah, I got, I got lights. See, like I got like different kind of colored lights, wow. so that's already nice. Like it's starting to look more like a like a like a VR office room. I got my plugs already mounted in. I'll show you like really quickly here. I got my Oculus controller right there. Got my lights mounted, and I also got uh, my Oculus uh, sensor there. And I got my base station also already mounted on that side. I still need to drill a couple of holes in this wall, and then I'll be recording ready. I still need to tidy the place up, and well, the bathroom is done, but nobody really cares about that. Um, but yeah, it's it's starting to nice look like a, like a real VR that, room. So it's going to be. You cool. have a nice bathroom. I'm jealous of your bathroom, Rowdy. <laughs> yeah. You posted oh, photos. I can't take the webcam to the bathroom yet. It's Why like, are you not I, regarding your videos cables. there? Like you should yeah, regard yeah, your videos there. Actually, that's a good idea. Get some good audio there. Like good acting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so when are you going to get like a uh, big posters of our faces like up in the background, like a Mr. Beast like wall, you know, <laughs> like that sort of background, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I am. I am planning on getting like some some posters to decorate this wall a little bit. I don't really think I can put like a nice little drawer there because I think it might be an issue. Because if you if you look at this, spreading my arms out, I'm already almost touching the walls. So the room is really smaller than I than I used to have. So that might be an issue if I. If I put like a little drawer there, I don't think I'm gonna do that. Maybe if I put it higher up, but then I don't think it will still be in the view. Well, you can always ask Mike for tips because he has been recording in a, in a small place before, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I never yeah. recorded there. Like the secret was that I had wires running from there for like five meter extensions running into the bedroom and I recorded in there instead. But no. yeah, I did have a very small area, as that you was know, if you're OG. It was, it was like you were recording in your mom's hallway. That's how it looked. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> people should, people I, should look up older Mike videos. It's hilarious because it's like, oh, there's like face here and then like it's like a hallway yeah. that goes all the way back, yeah. like, you know. <laughs> I used to get so many comments about it. It was unreal. It's like, where are you? Are you in a prison? Are you in like a, a toilet or something? I'm like, yeah, man, for sure. But, yeah, but the real question is, is, right? But then they heard your voice. And they were like, this guy can't be in prison. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, but the real question is, are your walls able to handle the impact of a vibe or touch control yeah, no not really i mean i posted a, <laughs> you're I, like i guess you saw that picture that i posted on twitter and yeah. a lot of people asking like did that really happen like you know did that really like people were like texting me like did you really hit a hole in your wall with your controller i was like nah, I, I don't hit that hard yet you know like <laughs> <laughs> imagine like like you're walking through rowdy's hallway and then suddenly there's like a hand coming through the wall with like yeah. a controller you're like okay well i don't know what is happening in that room but yeah i'm gonna be careful It'd be like a scene out of The Shining, you know, his fiance is sitting there watching TV. He's like, Someone needs to Photoshop that for us and, and, yeah. and put that up in the memes. Yeah, yeah. Photoshop <laughs> me as like going through, as, as going through the door in The Shining, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh my, oh my. Exactly. Beware, With a live controller. Here's Rowdy. Yeah, just just yeah. Photoshop Rowdy instead of me as a Home Alone character. That was the best. <laughs> that was the best oh one so God. far. The best one. Um, so let's talk about what I played this week. So uh, this week, me and Nathy played a lot of stuff together. Uh, like you mentioned, we played Electrolots. We played another, uh, a load of other stuff as well. But the one that really stood out more than any of the other games that we played was Downward Spiral uh, Horror Station. Now, like previously, I, I kind of stayed clear of this game because I kind of got it confused with that other game called uh, Detached, which is also like a, a zero G sort of space adventure. 
Um, Because I remember playing that game for like 10 minutes and I got like motion sick almost instantly. (laughs) However, that's not the case with this game, which is Downward Spiral. Uh, The movement is actually very similar to that of um, Lone Echo. So if you've played Lone Echo where you can grab items and then sort of pull yourself along the environment in zero gravity, then it's kind of a similar vibe to that. But it's also got a uh, sort of grappling hook that you can fire and then it pulls you along on a zip line, which is really fun to use and a great way to sort of navigate around the space station. You don't really get much in terms of story. Uh, You just kind of uh, get it through exploration and reading stuff that is uh, laying about. Um, You get some guns as well, so you can fight off some enemies, some robotic enemies that want to sort of take you down. And they do mix up the gameplay a little bit with some stealth elements as well that we found in the first act. Um, But the best thing about this game was playing it together, you know, and a bit like what Nathy said with Electronauts. Playing this game with another another person or a friend that you play with regularly is going to wake, make it way more fun, way more interesting, and it will probably entice you to keep going back for more to complete the rest of the acts because playing it together was brilliant, and I was really surprised at how polished the game was, especially when it comes to the end of the first act. I was like, actually, this is legit. Like, I really want to go back and play some more of this. Um, and there's actually seven to eight acts in total, so the game length is probably going to be like eight or nine hours long. Um, but like I say, you know, the story is a bit lacking, you know, everything's kind of a bit of like a watered down version of Lone Echo. But if you've got a friend that plays with you regularly, then I would definitely recommend playing this one co-op and, and mm. checking it out. Mm. Um, it's only available on Steam right now. It actually released way back in May. So it's been out for some time, but you can play it on the Rift, uh, the Vive, uh, Windows Mixed Reality headsets as well. Uh, and yeah, it's available for fourteen ninety nine in British pounds, ninety nine in US uh, dollars. So uh, yeah, if you're interested and you've got a friend to check it out, then that's the one I'd recommend this week nice. to go and uh, to have a look at. Cool. Yeah, so uh, that's what we've been playing uh, this week in VR. I'd love to know in the chat as well if you've been playing anything interesting this week. Please put your comments in there. And we'll try to read as many as we can. But let's move on to some quick news this week. And first up, we're going to be talking about Stormland. So this week, uh, Oculus and Insomniac announced that they'll be publicly showing off this year's most anticipated Oculus Rift title, and that is, of course, Stormland at PAX West. Now, if you're not aware of this highly ambitious title, it's an open-world action-adventure game where you take the role of a robot gardener that has been left for dead by a new threat that comes and invades your planet. Now, you have to kind of scavenge for parts, uh, restore fallen allies, makeshift uh, weapons, and sort of take down an army of synthetic troops and these kind of weird creatures as well. And the, the game's got this kind of interesting dynamic to it. It's not procedurally generated, but the world does regularly shift around. So it opens up new areas, new loot, um, and new challenges as well. So that's kind of like an interesting element to it, that the game world is always changing. Um, but the thing I'm most excited about this game is the fact that it's co-op. So, you know, like I mentioned with Downward Spiral, like we mentioned with Electronauts, playing these games co-op in VR is just so much fun. And if it's anything like Destiny or The Division, where you've got these real hardcore raids, where you can mm-hmm. team up with four of you and really go to town on some like big badass boss, and then just get rewarded with some really epic loot for your hard work, then you know that's the thing that I'm really looking forward to the most. But I really hope that it aims for that, you know, and aims for the core audience instead of like being a watered down experience, a bit like what Marvel Powers United did. You know, they really catered to the casual, which I, I get, I understand it. They want to get more people into VR. But for this game, because the core audience are so excited about it, I really hope they deliver and, and deliver an experience for them. The, the thing with that title, what I have a bit like is... 
it looked the trailer looks absolutely gorgeous you know it's ex exactly what i want you know it's like a, a story it feels like a story driven kind of experience where you go and explore and do all this kind of crazy stuff and i really think that vr needs something like that i, I really have that lone echo feeling a bit with it only it's a, a different art style a different kind of uh, uh setting and I really hope that they also continue with that kind of stuff, that it's not going to be just, you know, the trailer that looks really nice, but that there's also like a motivation to keep you in that game mm. and something that mm. you want to want to explore and want to want to continue with. Because that that is, I think, what what virtual reality at this moment really needs, like something that like really draws you in and like yeah. makes you want to continue playing. Yeah, a hundred percent. I totally agree because I think I feel like right now we're kind of in a in an era where there's a lot of throwaway titles. You know, uh, there's some that stand out above the rest, but a lot of it out there, or a lot of the newer titles that I see on both the Oculus Store and Steam VR, are just like kind of like asset flips or just shovelware or short experiences that kind of just draw you in just because they're in virtual reality. They they wouldn't be interesting on any other platform, you know. Like uh, like Farklift Simulator. <laughs> well, if you love forklifts you know you might you might dig it but yeah for oh. sure um but yeah I, I totally agree with you with what you're saying but you know if you're interested in checking stormland out this is the first time they've ever publicly shown it uh, yeah. you don't you don't actually have to be attending pax to go to this event it's uh, it's completely separate from pax although in the same area um it's hosted by oculus and is open to everyone uh, but if you're in the Seattle area, go check it out. It's open on the 31st of August between 11 a.m. and 9 p.m. And you get to play the game. So really, if you do get, if you do really get to play, we're just, just going to really say hope that. Uh, oh, sorry. There's like a. Oh, you can. You're the host. Sorry. So I was just going to say, if you do get a chance to go and check it out, please let us know because we'd love to know your thoughts on it because we're not going to be there. So. Titleless. But yeah, go on. Stormland. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was so confused there, <laughs> but what I wanted to say is that I just hope that it gets some 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 decent screen time. You know that we don't just get like you you had with the factor in a way at E3 where you have not even ten minutes of playtime and you still don't know if it's like anything good. So we get some more, you know, like some more screen time. I was also surprised they didn't they didn't show it off or or weren't planning to show it off on on Gamescom because mm. I mean PAX is fairly small. Gamescom is the the biggest trading expo on the freaking planet, and then they America. go for packs. Americans are gonna kill you, Nathy. You better run, boy. And it's uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm just telling the facts. But Americans I was just, don't uh, care about the numbers. They care about yeah. baseball bats. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I totally agree. It would have been it would have been nice to go and check it out at Gamescom. You know, of course, because we're going, of course. But you know, we're not going to packs, so no, that's why I, that's out. why I'm complaining. Yeah, me, me too. No, but it's true. Like you should. It's actually funny because uh, we just got a question in the chat from uh, Doctor Ingrish, uh, saying, "Are any of you guys coming out for PAX West?" And uh, no, we are not. <laughs> no, unfortunately, unfortunately not. No, it's a shame. I wish. I wish we could. I wish we could, but not this year. Maybe next year. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, I'd love to know if you're if you're in the chat. You know, are you excited about Stormland? Uh, you know, you're interested in this title, or you're not that bothered. Either way, I'd love to know your thoughts. Um, so let's move on to some other quick news this week, and that is some surprising news. I, I thought it's kind of a bit strange this news, but Viveport are adding Oculus support to Viveport, which is kind of weird. I, I didn't expect this one. Um, now, if you're not aware about Viveport or what it is, it's like they're trying to be like the Netflix 
of VR games. Like that's kind of a good way to describe it. You pay eight ninety nine a month, you get access to a library of games. Uh, you can choose five titles during that month to play, and then once that month is over, you can choose another five titles and then play those ones. Hmm. But I don't know. Like Oculus are, are adding their support to the to the platform from the fourth of September. Um, like I say, it's eight ninety nine a month if you want to pay monthly, or you can pay up front for like three, six, or twelve months, and you get twenty six percent off if you do that. But it's like eighty quid you're you're throwing down for a year subscription. And the problem is, like I thought, I'll look into this. Like I never really looked into Viveport before; I'm not really that interested in it. But I looked into the titles, and although it's got a decent library, there is a lot of crap on there, and there is some good titles like. Pixel Ripped is on there, for example, Moss, Box VR, Arizona Sunshine. But you don't get others like Job Simulator or Rick and Morty or Super Hot. They're just missing for some bizarre reason. And the limitation of the service is that you can only play five of these games per month. So you really have to choose wisely. Yeah. No, I I, I don't know. Like, I, I think that subscription services are interesting in the near future, you know, where maybe Steam does one and then on an Oculus does one. And, you know, Vipart is something that still needs to grow because it's it's something that is just not ready to no. go just yet. So, yeah, they added Oculus support. I, I don't, like, I don't see a reason to be on there at this moment. I also thought it was kind of broken and buggy. Like, it destroyed my Steam a couple of times before. So, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like it is, it can be something nice, but you need to know, like Oculus started their platform straight from from uh, the Oculus Rift launch, mm-hmm. right? Well, Vipart came way later than when the Vive launched. It didn't launch with Vipart. If they just did it straight from the start, then mm-hmm. it would have been way better. But and they kind of need to catch up. Is so so weird, still, no? Like it's it, it is. Uh, it's mixing. It's mix. It's mixing up with Steam, and then in Steam you have like you know you have like. Uh-huh. Uh, Vive Bard and like it's going all over the place. And let's say if you already use Oculus Home and you have Steam and then you also have Vive Bard, like you don't yeah. even know where you own your games anymore because it's going all over the place. Yeah, like, I bought the blue on, on sale and I got to the point where I couldn't even play it and it was locked away. It's still locked away. I played it for like five minutes and then it had some kind of fucking software glitch and then I couldn't play anything. And then I had to mm. uninstall the whole thing and try to reinstall it. Try to restore my purchase. It was just not something I'm willing to waste my time on right now. But like what Nathy says about subscriptions, I'm surprised we haven't had something like the equivalent of uh, what some creators get as a whitelist. So you like open platform access. So imagine, for instance, Oculus Home open platform access with, let's say, three tiers. And mm-hmm. the way it works is you buy into the subscription. And so as a minimum, you're going to be paying a five or a month if you play up to, I don't know, 100 hours. You go past that. Your invoice or your bill you'll get at the end of the month is a bit higher. So maybe yeah. it'll go five, you know, 15, 30. And if 30 is like you can play as much as you want, like it's an all you can eat buffet. And I don't know why they haven't, you know, packaged the model like that. People would jump at that, I think. But even even in the pancake gaming industry, they also don't really do that. Like EA was the first one to do it, like that EA Access or something where you could play maybe seven or eight of their games or all of them. I'm not sure anymore. But I don't know. Maybe maybe it's too early for subscriptions. Um, it's it's kind of like Netflix, you know, and 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 Prime. Like you you have one show on one, and then you have a show on the other. And as Mike said, if there is no job simulator on there, or or super hot, or yeah, I mean, people that that are those are the main games. You need to buy them. So if Vipart wants to put a prize on the table and, and tells the developers, listen, or the publisher, 
this is what we want to pay for your title. We want to have it on the platform. Like if they show the effort to get every title on their platform and they are willing to pay for that, then it's worth the price. But right now they're kind of holding off. Like if you don't want to buy super hot, that says enough about the dedication of your platform. Super hot is a must on every platform. You need to have that. It's, it's a billboard for your like platform in the end. Those, those, the, the kind of subscription service, I think it fits best in an environment like Oculus Go, right? 3,000 odd VR apps. The vast majority of them probably you don't want to necessarily put your money against, but you'd love to do a sampler. Like you'd mm. love to just have free reign. And so mm. I think something like the Go would be a great starting platform for them to test bed something like this. Yeah. But I think as well, like for, for if they're limited to five apps per month, like say you choose Moss, for example, as one of your apps, like it's a great game. I totally recommend checking it out, but it's kind of three hours long. It's, it's a great experience, but it's short. So then you kind of wasted one of your, your, your games then you only have four others to play with. And, you know, if you've got Seeking Dawn, for example, you know, it's an expensive game to buy. So you could play so, it this way by renting it, but I still don't know. I don't think it's a great idea. I think it would be interesting if they do a subscription feed uh, based on hours. Yeah. So you just yeah, buy exactly. a, an amount of hours or something. That'd be, that'd or... be neat, yeah, if they had something like that. Yeah, mm. where you say, like, I buy, I buy like 60 hours of gameplay and then I can mm. just play whatever game I want and then the countdown just starts running. That would be interesting for sure, because then, you know, you could try out all the like the little shovelware games and just like, ah, this is all crap. And then really invest the time into the bigger titles that you really want to play. That's probably a smarter way of doing it. But I think Viveport is a new platform. You know, they're still trying to work it out, but it's kind of interesting what they're doing. But I don't think any of us would really recommend anyone go and check it out right now. Right. Well, the only thing that Vivepart does really well is that the Vive Focus is making use out of yeah, Vivepart yeah. as well. And that's a very big platform in Asia right now. It's right. kind of like, like you know, uh, the Oculus Go store right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's pretty big. So uh, uh, Vivepart in Asia is uh, like the, the best thing ever for those people. So, yeah. Yeah. If you are interested in checking out Viveport, you can check it out for free. There is a two-week trial available before you sign up, a bit like Netflix. You can sample it out. But uh, just be wary of your settings because, like these guys have mentioned, apparently it messes some stuff up. So, yeah. No, no, no discount codes like uh, hashtag uh, Mike, uh, Mike Free Games uh, yeah. or something. <laughs> if, you, if you use the discount code GINGERBEARD, you'll get uh, four weeks for free. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah, nailed it. Okay, so let's move on to uh, a game that's releasing next week that might interest him if he's into his music games, uh, because there's not really much uh, releasing in terms of PC VR titles, unfortunately, but we do have one interesting PSVR yeah. title, and that is called Track Lab. Uh, this is coming out on the 21st of August, and in Track Lab, you can enter a virtual space and start to create music. Uh, a bit like Electronauts, you don't need any sort of musical knowledge or training. Uh, anyone can 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 create some beats from scratch by simply using the sort of building blocks around and you can sort of mix and combine them on the fly to create full-blown tracks which then you can then share with the world which is kind of interesting mm. um but like electronauts it's kind of got this music light creation feel about it so it's not like a uh, a dj simulator where you really sort of like having to you really have to be a dj to get them to work it's kind of made for people that have no idea kind of makes you look cool but in fact you're not unfortunately um so it's kind of like if you've got no rhythm then you're going to like this along with electronauts kind of fun one to mess around with if you like music and stuff especially if you've got a sub pack or something like that like that mm. um 
But yeah, unfortunately, there isn't any co-op in this game either. Um, but you can check it out. It's releasing on Tuesday the 21st and is uh, $15.99 in British pounds, $19.99 in US dollars. I'm definitely going to do that one. Yeah. I'm going to do the, we, you know, we happy few as well. So it'll make, make, make me a nice, uh, a nice night. Although I've got to figure out how the sub pack is going to work for audio anyway. I'll do that. Yeah, I, I know that uh, PSVR Frank mentioned briefly that he had checked out Track, track Lab and uh, was digging it. So, you know, if you if you like that sort of thing, you like music creation, Electronauts and Track Lab are going to be your jam this summer by the looks, looks of things. Looks like a VR version of GarageBand, uh, a little mm. bit more so than, like I, I would say Electronauts is a little bit, could be enjoyed by more people mm. longer term uh, than perhaps Track Lab in terms of how it appears. Like I was quite impressed at how accessible Electronauts was. Yeah, like Servios, like killing it right now with all their titles. You know, their their level of polish, their UI, uh, everything about it, like the the servers, everything is just straight up mm-hmm. working. Like yeah. it just works as you expect, and it's kind of like it's something that we sometimes take for granted. And especially when me and Nathy played a lot of games last week, you know, half of the titles that we played didn't have European servers or their servers had been straight, like oh. turned off, didn't work anymore, or like the experience was bad, or we could we could meet up in game but couldn't communicate, no voice chat, and it was a mess. But like Servio seems to really sort of hit it consistently with that level of quality, it's, which it's is it's a really big company as well. Like yeah. this is this is a, a, a was a very small small business and now like they're huge. Like I visited their office. They had like a party with Electronauts. My God that 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 development studio is huge like they they can poop out like two three vr games every i don't know six months and and they but are the, all but the good thing is that that's the, what we need we need more companies like that it's just yeah exactly good in a short amount of time as well you know they deliver more and more and more and they grow and grow and grow yeah, yeah they're probably at the moment like the the most experienced vr developer out there if you, well, if you look at the titles that they bring out in sure. different genres and yeah. that's exactly what I was going to say, is that every single game they've brought out so far has been it's a different genre. Different. You've got a shooter in raw data, you've got Sprint Vector, which is like a uh, you know, a, a genre VR in itself. Game. Yeah, like a sports VR title. Electronauts, mm. a, a virtual music mixing game. But Creed, coming out, boxing Creed? game. Yes, yes. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. Boxing, yeah, coming soon. So yeah, Servios, definitely if you're looking and, at all the And don't forget Jumanji, because they also helped building that one right they had like well, connection with jumanji and let's not forget about that one no. yeah. oh. that's I also a genre within a genre i like don't think have, i don't think they made that game genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they helped they helped publish it in vr arcades that's what they did with that title oh. I, I still feel though the servios like i think they're doing the right thing i think a lot of development teams are doing it but less overtly and probably more so in the r d labs but i kind of feel like they're searching for the vein you know, like I feel like they're kind of tapping around going like, where's the gold? Where's the gold? What I would like to see is that they make a, a game that is really about a story as well. Like most of the games they made so far yeah. are kind of arcadey. Raw data had, well, no, it wasn't really a story. It was like fun dialogue. But let's say if they go for a more story-based uh, uh, title that well, maybe that's too big for them right now. Maybe they just go for the... Because the, the, the genres they pick are always the ones that are not really getting done right now in the industry. So Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing with them as well. Like they, they make so many different kind of titles that it's hard to like say like this studio is doing, you know, this particular kind of thing. It's just like VR is like the over branching more kind of uh setting, I think now. I think you hit the nail on the head in that the games are arcadey because Servios actually run 
a series of VR arcades. So they, they mm. kind of make the games for the other product, which they do is, you know, make VR arcades. So it kind of makes sense in a way that one's feeding the other. Um, but yeah, they're, a they're a great studio. I was going to say, there's a fun question there. Predict Servios's next IP. Wow. And, and what genre you mean? Like what, what kind we'll, of genre? We'll come back with the answers at the end of the show. Cause I can hear, I can hear the gears like. <laughs> making sound. So are these yeah. arcades only in, uh, in, in the U S yeah, I think so for now. Yeah, I certainly have heard never them. seen one before. No, no, no. But if uh, if you go on their website, they they're very specific about their goal in setting up, uh, you know, Servios branded VR arcades Ooh. around the country. So you never know. Maybe they'll 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 creep over overseas and we'll get some over here as well. Maybe. Servios card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we'll be talking about more about VR arcades later on uh, in one of our topics this week. Um, but let's uh, move on and talk about PlayStation VR because this is really cool. And this is when, you know, especially when we've had a bit of a lull uh, in terms of games and stuff like that, you see these kind of figures, these numbers, and you're like, yeah, you know, this is this is what it's all about. You know, you keep on seeing all these people, like big tech review channels and everyone else saying VR is dead. And you're like, you know, screw you. You don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. Um, so this week, uh, Sony tweeted out that they've surpassed 3 million PSVR headsets sold. So that that is like an incredible number in in terms of like a small niche industry that we're in right now. Like we, we we're growing every single day, and alongside the three million PSVR headsets, they sold twenty one point nine million PSVR yeah. games and experiences. Like that is awesome. Twenty one point nine million. Yeah, that's. Yeah. And 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 to to put kind of put it into perspective, like these numbers are very rough rough guesstimates based on my calculations, uh, but it seems like Rift and Vive combined probably make up maybe just one to one point five million headsets. So they're almost doubling Rift and uh, and uh, Vive combined, and that's based on like uh, sales figures from last year that I've kind of. Yeah, that kind of kind of makes sense as well. I mean, you need to buy like a, one of the heaviest PCs that you can buy at the moment. The the investment in terms of prices is way higher compared to like just buying the PSVR if you already have a PlayStation around. Because how many people have PlayStations? You know, it's it's not that big of an of an investment, but a huge return of investment mm-hmm. uh, compared to uh, buying an HD Vive or an Oculus Rift because all of the, the best titles mostly come out on the on the PSVR as well. So, mm-hmm. and they've got some great exclusive titles as well. The, you yeah, know, Resident well, Evil. Yeah. Have to mention that game again. Like, You're mentioning it, Mike. Like, I, I'm, I'm hoping that if I if I mention it every single show, that one day Capcom might watch it and just port it to PC. Please, no, I haven't played it yet, but I did see it on sale the other day for like twelve quid. I think in in game, I should have just bought uh-huh. it. Yeah. Such a good. Also, don't forget about the marketing because PlayStation. Like they know how to market this. Like the way they have been showing it off in the stores was great. Oh, you could try three. it. Everyone could try it in, in, in a store without having anyone like like uh, sitting next to you helping you out with the headset. I've seen many places where I could just put on the headset and I was playing and there was no one around me helping me with that. It just worked. Like it was so easy. I put it on and oh, oh, I'm playing VR. Bam, done. Well, there were yeah. like with the Vive and the Rift, it was kind of rare. Sometimes there was place where you could try it sometimes there wasn't then it started to disappear again yeah. and and playstation you know, you know they put it on billboards they put it on television they they constantly uh, uh also smash it on facebook because you get like non-stop uh, advertisement for all the games they publish 
-hmm. I don't see Vive doing that. I also don't see Oculus doing that. You know, uh, let's let's take an example. Marvel Powers United. They put a trailer online of of the game. They upload it to their channel, um, and and that's it. And then a week later, they upload some videos of hey. This is how you control Hulk, and this is how you control. I've been Deadpool. I've been getting well, some uh, Marvel Powers United commercials though. I've been I've been seeing no. them, but like like a week or two weeks after that the game is released, which is a bit. Eh. Yeah, well, that's what I'm talking about. Like they like PlayStation is on point. They market at at the right moment. They just know what they are doing, and especially they demo it to everyone. At Gamescom next week, you will see the same thing. They want to get everyone uh, into VR to try it, and they just. Yeah, they just go for it really like like the the feel, the the actual like experience yeah. where people can just try it for free first and then they can buy it. You make a really good point there, Nathy, that I wonder if, because I know I have loads of friends who would probably say this, like, is there a social pressure with trying out VR, you know, that's there that is actually like a bubble, pressure bubble that mm. pushes you away from it? Because I know some people would be like, just let me alone. Let me just try it out. You know, let me close the door and be on my own in a room so I can feel safe and no one's going to poke me or whatever. I mean, that's already important if you're demoing, but even just like the walk up to somebody and have them explain it to you and all that bullshit. Like, I wonder if there's people who actually haven't tried VR for that reason. Mm. Yeah. The social anxiety. I, I think, I think they didn't try it because they like usually don't get the opportunity to try it in a store oh. or anywhere else. Like there are enough stores where you just walk in and you can't try it. And with, I've seen enough boots with, with the PlayStation VR where you could just put it on. There was no one there. You could play like uh, uh, racing simulators and stuff like that. Mostly seated, it, not standing ones. But I mean, that's what you need. You know, you just need. That's again the same thing. Eh? Like you don't need a PC. Eh? You don't need to have all that configuration. It's just a PlayStation. You pop in yeah. a CD and you can you can play the game or you download all the games on there. It's so... It's so straightforward, and that's the power of the console that you get there. With the PC, you always have issues. You know, there's a, there's an entire interface you need to start. You know, you need to make sure that your rooms are being tracked properly yeah. and all of that. You, you don't have that way, and of course, it's less quality. And like the VR on on, on PlayStation, it's not the same as the VR that you play with HD Vive. It's not the same as with the, exactly. like the Oculus Rift. But it's exactly. still virtual reality. It's, it's I, I hear sometimes people saying, "Oh, but it's not real VR." It's it's definitely real uh, VR. Yeah. I mean, it completely is. But it's not of the same quality as the other one. And then I'm not talking mm. about resolution, all of that, but in terms of oh, interaction. Wow. Also, yeah. a strong point is is that yeah, like everyone bought a PlayStation in their lives, right? I mean, let's be honest here. When you go to a store, there's a PlayStation box there, and the PlayStation VR is right next to it. Well, I rarely see a Rift or a Vive in a store. I, 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 like in Europe, at least, I don't see them that much. Maybe in America, yeah, the there's a lot more going on. But here in Europe, uh, usually I see the PlayStation there and I see the PlayStation VR right next to the PlayStation. Yeah, Mike, have you ever seen in the UK a playable Vive or Rift in a store? So I haven't personally, but my mom, obviously, and my, my mom knows that I'm well into VR and she went to Harrods, which is obviously one of the biggest retail stores in London. And they actually had a demo station there and she was like, uh, can we try it out? And they said no, because the person, the attendees, the attendee that lo normally looks after it wasn't available that day. So they couldn't play it. So it was just behind a glass cabinet. Well, Herod's <laughs> being like the priciest of priciest of shops, right? Like in, yeah. in, in London. So you're telling me that your mom beat Resident Evil 7 and you haven't even touched it yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I will buy that game. Like it was just that I bought some other titles at the time instead. Um, <laughs> 
but yeah, I are will those pick temporary it. tattoos, Mike? Are those temporary <laughs> tattoos that you put? It on is, the I'm not scared. Shirt? I'm not scared. I'll put it that way. I'm not. Scared. I have no? completed the game, the pancake game, um, but uh, I do actually have my PSVR set up now in my bed, so I can now have access to it easier. I've been playing some static, like I mentioned yeah. last week. I am actually yeah. really looking forward to playing Firewall Zero Hour yeah. uh, with the aim controller because it looks oh, just yeah. like Rainbow Six Siege mm-hmm. in VR. Like that's that game he's, looks. He's changing insane. the subject. He's changing the subject. We actually we had a bit of Mike. input on the of the chat as well, though. Like uh, there were people saying that uh, I think Zimtok hit the nail on the head. I have a lot of friends who haven't tried it because they are afraid of looking weird. It was uh, Dr. English who said that. Uh, mm. So, yeah, I mean, uh, and people have been saying, like, uh, that uh, the headset might be too tight for some people because uh, they have bigger hats. Uh, I, I don't know. There's a big problem, tip right? with that. There's a really, really big tip with that because the PlayStation VR, for those, I don't have my room any uh, to show it to you, but it has a dial in the back, somewhat similar to the original Vive, that tightens it to your head. And I find it's actually quite aggressive. I don't use that at all because I had the same problem. You actually get like headaches straight away if you use it because it clicks in and it it can really give you pressure on, on your head. But otherwise, like the front forehead pad and the back are quite nice. But I do find that that has been a problem for people who I've demoed it to as well. Mm. Yeah, he's putting it on right now. I have to say, out of all the headsets, it's one of the ones with like the most clarity and 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 reduced uh, screen door effect of of all the headsets. Definitely, Uh, you know, it's very nice to use. If if you get uh, into the sweet spot, then it's really like a really clear display. Like you can barely see any of any screen door effect. So in terms of uh, quality, it's. uh, it's really the, nice. the only one thing that I haven't tried is that I don't have any move controllers. So all the games that I've played so far have either been controller based or yeah. PS aim. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the move controls. I know people like say that uh, say that they like them, but I'm so used to like using thumbsticks and using uh, uh, you know the the Vive controller, the Rift controller. That it's it's really difficult for me to to snap back to that. It really mm. is. I, I was so sold against them at the beginning. I, I literally said to my community, I said, I am not buying the Move controllers. They're six years old. They're old tech. I will wait for Sony to reinvent this. And yeah. actually, there were some patents flying around at the time that seemed like they were going to come out with a new pair. I crumbled bottom. I tell you, though, with Skyrim, uh, that movement system on PSVR is really nice. And so... Actually, for me, the Move controllers are better than the Vive controllers. I really do not uh, like but, them. But the thing the is... It was the opposite. Like, it took me like 30 minutes for me to like figure out how the controls worked in Skyrim. Like, and, uh, it was at the time that I was like, finishing it off that I was like, oh, like, now I know how it works. Like, oh, I, don't, I don't like that, kind of, that motion kind of controller scheme. Mm. But so in the end... Go on. Go but on, in the end, on. like, how, uh, how many people own, like, a Rift and a... PlayStation VR or a Vive and a PlayStation VR. If you are only on the PlayStation platform, you know, like you're fine with these controllers. Uh, Most people will not have a PC and a PlayStation. Uh, uh, That's something we we do and some enthusiasts have. Most people of these 3 million sales, they just own a PlayStation. That's it. Mm. They never tried a Rift before and they never tried a Vive. They're just fine with that. But I agree. Like these moves can be better and I'm sure PlayStation is working on the 2.0 version and it's going to be like maybe even cheaper than the, the first one. That would be amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, still a reformant, uh, right? it's, it's not yeah, the yeah. It's not controller they had in mind for virtual reality. It's like a reformant no. that they used. Eh? Yeah, well, I do find, do you guys, do any of you have the same controller gripes that I do with PSVR? Because it's a little bit like the Wii territory. 
um, in that there's a lot of different peripherals you can buy for it. It feels like it just keeps adding. Right? You got the aim controller, you got the move controllers, uh, you got the different cameras. There's actually a different version of the headset. So there's an older version and a newer version. Oh, really? There's an older version of the camera and a newer version. And mm -hmm. there's an older version of the move controllers. Yes. Which has the mini instead of micro USB chargers, yeah. which if, if all your other peripherals, battery packs, phones and all that charge off of micro USB, yeah. Yeah. it's an, an annoying to have to charge. So just watch out for that. Don't buy the older ones. Um, yeah. Thanks, Amazon. <laughs> but, the, but the thing is like you know with this three million headset sold number you know as soon as beat saber comes out on psvr i think that's just going to go, go even crazier you know that game is going to sell headsets for sure uh, i'm convinced of it um so to celebrate this new milestone playstation are actually hosting a vr sale uh, until the 28th of august so if you've got a psvr and you're excited about it you can go and check out some games for sale uh, right now but also let's talk about like the top played psvr games um so these are sort of from number 10 going to number one uh so these are the most played vr uh, psvr titles of all time so starting at number 10 is super hot in vr one of my favorite games uh next up at number nine is farpoint so that's an interesting one number eight Batman Arkham VR was exclusive to playstation for a while then came to pc VR. are these based on sales or ratings just top played Oh, so, so hours just, sunk in. I guess so, yeah. Uh, what was number eight? Sorry, I missed that. Batman. Batman's good, actually. It is good. 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 Yeah. Uh, number seven, one that I actually really want to check out myself is Until Dawn, Rush of Blood. Uh, but I think it That's needs good. the move controllers, I think. Um, you can use... No, you can use a gamepad. Yeah. But okay. I would recommend playing it with the move controllers. Okay, interesting. Thanks for the tip. Uh, number six is Job Simulator. Classic. Uh, number five... Not heard of this one before. The Playroom VR. It's it's you actually get it. Yeah, it's well, it's um, it's software that it's kind of like you know you, how you got Wii Sports. You it usually comes with right with the, yeah. it's it's not great to be honest. Okay, it's just a bunch of like small things you. Can, but it's probably what a lot of people button. indeed spent their first amount of hours in just testing it out and going into VR and cool. trying that. I, that must be the explanation why it's in there because it's not one of those titles that is like. Oh yeah, I remember, no, I remember I starting I it up and then shutting it down afterwards. Yeah. One okay. thing in the middle of this countdown list, Mike, if you haven't downloaded for free um, and you own a PSVR, download the demo, the initial uh, demo, of either the EU one or the NA one, and the demo disc too. They have two, and you can just get a whole slice of about 12 different games in, in a download and you get a nice sampler. Cool, cool. So up at number four is uh, Resident Evil, of course. Uh, number three is Rec Room. Number two is PlayStation VR World. And do you guys want to have a stab at number one? Have a guess. Number one. Most Super played hot? game. We haven't heard Most... Super Hot yet. Oh, that was number 10. That is was it, number 10. Is it, oh, okay, is it Eve? Okay. Is it Eve Valkyrie? No. Uh, so, um, so it is Skyrim. It is, it is Skyrim. Yeah, it is really? Skyrim. Yeah. Because of hours, right? It, it, because it, of yeah. hours. I, I guess so. I guess so. Because I put the... more hours into Skyrim than almost every the the, the summation of all the mm. rest of the things on the console. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just thought that would be like a game because I thought like so many people already played it. You know, they were they, they just wanted to experience it in VR, but like really like play the game from you know beginning to end or like even longer. Yeah. That's uh, that's surprising in a way. I, I, in a way, I do kind of envy people that have the amount of spare time to just say, yeah, I'm going to play Elder Scrolls Skyrim for like 
100 hours. hours. I, 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 I envy those people because like literally we, we skip from game to game and we very rarely get to complete one. Uh, you know, you really have to love a game to dedicate some time to complete we, it. Plus, JB Max saying, uh, I have 160 hours in Skyrim VR. Dude, what a legend. I'd love to no, just sit down with him in the fights. pub with a beer and just just tell me some stories of what kind of crazy shit you got up to in that game. I'd love to know. <laughs> I, I totally to know. I totally get why Skyrim is the number one because I mean the 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 way this game works is that the progress is really slow, but it's very satisfying to unlock stuff, to get new things, to upgrade your character. So before like like when you spend forty hours in this game, you, like it doesn't even feel like you, you even got started yet. Oh, we, we have a winner, I think, with uh, Watuk, who is saying uh, that he has more than 300 hours in Skyrim VR, uh, but it is very heavily modded. Wow. More than 300. Wow. He's got the naked mod on. That, that's what he's been spending all his hours in there for. <laughs> <laughs> naked mod, yeah. That is a quality mod. That is a quality mod. I'm sure it is. And, 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 and the tank look, engine. Look straight in the, the camera and say that again, please. <laughs> that's a quality mod. The naked mod for Skyrim is... I actually haven't tried it myself. I've just seen the screenshots, but uh, yeah. it's well done. Many, many <laughs> screenshots. <laughs> oh, my. I don't have that many folders. So so do you think now that like PlayStation are like really killing it in terms of VR that Microsoft may pay attention and actually do something next year, do you think? No. no. I don't think the technology is at the point to, to do it. I think that is the big issue. I think they, they have a different the, not only the headset in the, in 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 you know the in the in the people's hands, but also like all those peripherals, and I don't yeah. think that they're there. Yeah. What PlayStation did was uh, recuperate a lot of that stuff. Mm. Yeah, but I also like as I said before, like I also think that PlayStation has a different um, like idea of what uh, VR should be at this moment, and they they want to go a little lower than. What what Microsoft wants to do? I think they just wait for their next console, and then yeah. they will just uh, straight so. from the bat launch, and see if that works. I think that 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 yeah. how PlayStation VR works at this moment that's not what Microsoft wants, yeah. because Microsoft has been working with Oculus before in the past, and they have seen how VR should be and and what standard they need to reach to make it like good and, and, and decent and interesting for people to, to stick along for, for a little longer. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. When Battlefield and GTA and all that are VR enabled, Microsoft will be on that boat ready to, ready to sail. Interesting, interesting. And Nintendo will still be playing around and, and teasing us with, uh, <laughs> with dropouts. Uh, Nintendo are killing it in their own way. I think, you know, the, the Switch oh, has become are. the indie darling console of our, yeah. of our time. You know, it's, it's yeah. amazing. Plus, uh, Microsoft is already competing within the VR industry because they have the whole mixed reality platform, right? So, yeah, of course. Oh, talking about uh, AAA giants, I'd have to mention it because you mentioned uh, the Switch. Diablo three has just come to Switch. Mm, mm, mm. So for any Diablo fans out, welcome there. to the Switch podcast, everyone. <laughs> so back up to VR, steer the ship around. So we're going to be talking about the Star VR One uh, up next. So last week we mentioned that Star VR had uh, teased an image of an upcoming headset that was going to be announced at SIGGRAPH. Uh, now that event was last week and now we know all about the specs, so let's sort of dive into uh, what it's all about. Uh, on their actual website, they've got a sort of statement that says, made for visionaries. <laughs> so I think these visionaries are going to need very deep pockets, I think, because this thing is going to be freaking expensive. Um But let's get into the specs. So it's got 210 degree horizontal field of view, 130 degree vertical field of view. So this field of view is like freaking huge, like bigger than the Pimax 8K. 
Uh, it's got an AMOLED display with Fresnel lenses. So as we know with AMOLED displays, you know, they're going to be more darker, dark uh, colors, uh, more vibrant sort of uh, color spectrum. Uh, AMOLED displays are, are really, uh, really great displays, uh, as we know with like Samsung with their uh, Samsung Odyssey. Uh, mm. It's got integrated Toby eye tracking. Oh, uh, oh. Auto IPD measurement and distortion which is really important for this headset, I think. And I'll talk more about why that is important in a bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's got a dynamic foveated rendering. So it means that it uses the eye tracking to work out which part of the display you're looking at at any given time and make sure that that point is rendered at the highest possible fidelity. And then everything yes. else in your peripheral vision is kind of a little right. bit reduced quality to save on performance. But is it really like pinpointing it or is it like a, uh, like a square that is moving around? Because that's a big difference still, huh? Like yeah, if we you, don't, for example, have like a like only like the the few pixels that you look at actually, can it really detect that, or is it like the the rough area where that your eye is watching, and it just takes that entire square mm. and then it moves that square up and down? That's also a form of dynamic foveated rendering. Yeah, so they didn't go into specifics as to how they actually achieve this, um, but the reason why they probably do this is to save on performance headroom because then it means that you don't have to render the whole display at the mm. highest possible fidelity. You can kind of just choose that small little window that the user is actually looking at to render it. And that max. is why they, of course, have a, a minimum of a 1080 Ti that you can use with this headset since it's it, uh, so much reduced in, in graphical it, intensity. Exactly. And, and, and you're, you're not far wrong. Like the actual minimum specs is a GTX 1080. Uh, you're going to need an i7-770, uh, 7700 uh, minimum, or uh, an AMD Ryzen 7 2700X minimum specs. So this thing is like Whoa. an absolute beast. Whoa. Yeah. It has two USB-C outputs, uh, which go to a breakout box. And I think it actually needs two display ports to run this headset as well. So <laughs> Oh, shit. Yeah. A true <laughs> pleasure for the eyes, that's for sure. Yeah. Wow. But, but Let's make this clear. Like a lot of people have been talking about hype around this headset. Like, oh, this is the future of VR and everything else. This is not a consumer headset. This is not a consumer headset. It is going to be for high-end enterprise applications and location-based entertainment. So you can expect to see mm -hmm. these in VR yeah. arcades or like real high-end businesses. Like the first one. Like the first one, exactly. It's, it's not going to be a consumer headset. And I know a lot of people say out there, well, like the Vive Pro was like a, 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 a an enterprise headset, a business headset. A lot of consumers bought it, enthusiasts bought it. That is true. But I think this thing is probably going to cost twice as much as the Vive Pro. Like we don't have an official price yet, but that is going to be my guess. Wow. But also, um, the, the, they, they also, I think, make some games for this one as well, right? For the arcades, because usually the games that run on the Star VR are the ones yep. that are made by the studio who also made the headset. Yeah, so they, I think to... they made uh, John Wick, right? John Wick was one of the ones that they made. And I think they also bought the license for The Walking Dead, I believe, uh, mm -hmm. a Walking Dead uh, VR experience. People um, are still going to buy it. doesn't matter what the cost is. People are still going to buy but, it. But this is the thing, like, it's not on their website, a bit like Vive, like anyone could just go and buy a Vive Pro from the Vive website, but I don't think you can with StarVR. I think you have to sign up as an enterprise yeah, or a business account. But like, can yeah. you just imagine, I mean, if I was a, an indie VR dev right now, and you're there, you know, going, is it going to be soup or beans this week? You know, and then, and then this thing lands and you're like, ah. I have to remortgage my 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 cardboard <laughs> box. Be nothing this yeah. week. Nothing. I better start saving up. Like I mean, that that for me, when I hear this this, it's not the consumers that I worry about because consumers can 
shove their hand under the couch and find the extra change or starve themselves for a couple of weeks. We've all been students, right? Um, but aside from that, even if, if you've got a gargantuan priced headset that takes a gargantuan PC, like I feel for the devs the most. Yeah. Is, is this really going to be even for the developers? Like, is this not going to be no. like a kind of headset that's going to be like, like they, they make their own like games? The void? Like, I think that that would be nice if they would have like a collaboration with the void. Yeah. You get like the entire like yeah. setup, the backpack, the, the suit on, and you get like this, this 10K headset on your face that like is... 10 times better than all anything else in there, that'd be awesome. Like then they can really like, uh, you know, get into that arcade kind of feel. But for yeah. developers, who, who's going to develop for no, it? But they don't, like they don't like, they, they make their own, as far as I know, they make their own games. So, yeah. you know, yeah. you have an arcade and if you want to a star VR, you can put your headset there or they buy your headset with the game and then you build that booth for them inside yeah. their arcade for them. That's what you do. It's like an old school arcade where you could play, let's say, uh, a Nintendo cabinet, but you could also play one from from Namco. Like there were so many different ones because you could just buy the games, and this is the same thing. So it's not getting developed by by anyone else then. But this is the interesting thing about Star VR is that it's actually a collaboration between Starbreeze Studios and Acer. Like that's the collaboration. Like Starbreeze, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I believe they used, they made the old Riddick games. You know, the Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I believe they made those games. I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, know that. I, I might be wrong about that, but I, I've got a faint were they, feeling were they, that were that is quite good, or did I? Oh yeah, yeah, they were yeah, pretty yeah. decent games, actually. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the other thing is that the actual Star VR is going to be compatible with uh, Steam VR 2.0. So if you've got like 2.0 uh, uh, Vive base stations, ah. or you know, then it's going to technically work with that. But like I said before. It's it makes makes sense because most arcades nowadays makes make use of that license with Steam, you know, where they mm. just license more games. So I think it's mm. good to have a universal thing within an arcade now, where you just have Steam, and that's all you need as an arcade to run all the games on every headset out there. Yeah. So the, the the thing I wanted to go back to was the auto IPD measurement and why it's important. And you know, I think this is kind of why it's definitely aimed at business users and arcades because you've got a lot of different users using the headset all the time. Like it's not just set up for one single person. And this is kind of interesting that the headset itself has this auto IPD measurement and adjustment that it does automatically for you. So the user doesn't even have to think about it. And I wanted to ask you guys this question as well, because every demo that I've ever done in VR outside of my house, uh, whether it be at an event or at a VR arcade, no one ever has ever suggested that I adjust the IPD to my comfort. No one ever has done that. And I've played a lot of crap outside of my you're house. Right. No, you're right. That's 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 and, and and you will also like next week at Gamescom where they show off all kinds of VR Very games. Rare. It's the same. It's the same. Like they don't turn it around. Um, and I don't know if that's like an instruction problem because usually the people that show it off are in like like interns, right? There are people that are on an, on an internship or people that are like volunteers as well. Like, for example, Oculus, when they do a pop-up or something else, yep. they are usually yeah. volunteers. So yeah, they, 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 they don't even, they, they it's the first time they see a headset in the first place. That's true, actually. Uh, yeah, that is true. But, it but takes you're right. That's, that's a must because it, like, it, you, you it don't takes see it's time to do that. It yeah. takes too much time. It's true. And it's something you, that they, I, they're first going to need to explain what it is. You know, you have yeah. your, you know, why you need to change that. They, people, of course, don't know their IPD. They need to like start going up the entire time. No, that's not better. Oh, let's go mm -hmm. down. Uh, I think this is better. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be too long for a demo to do it. 
But for me, unless my IPD is set correctly, I don't have a good experience. And I think that's the problem for an end user that doesn't know is that they might have a really bad experience. It might even make them sick. And 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 for me, it's even worse because the the IPD range is not in the range that is uh, on the Oculus Rift. Will it really kill your experience? I'm not sure about that. I think if you're really immersed and everything goes so fast, I don't think people really... For me, it doesn't kill my experience at all, but it does make me uh, quit VR sooner. Mm. Yeah, but if you are new to VR, like, are you really going to of bother the first time? If, if it's like, you know, if you're like 20 or 30 off and it's like blurry, then I can imagine that it's uh, it's going to be, it's not going to be a nice experience at all. I, I, I wonder, like, 10, I, I still think it'd be okay. I wonder if they have a standard of where they put it on. Do they, maybe they put it like somewhere in the middle of it or do they just, they don't maybe. do anything with that? They already have it in the, like the, the range that they use for the IPD is already what about, I think 85% of the population actually has. So it's only like that, that yeah, 50% that falls out on both ends. Uh, so, but then they put it probably somewhere in the middle so that the, the majority of the people that actually comes and try it is still yeah. having a decent experience. But like when I was at, um, at, at uh, Oculus Connect last year, when I was at the VR arcade just recently, I, I, I literally do it instinctively. Like as soon as I put a headset on, I adjust it because mine's the lowest it can possibly go. So but I just know, know to adjust it. Yeah. But I you know, know yeah. like a lot of people that, that do that have never tried an Oculus Rift or an mm. HC so, so Mike, everyone who follows you then is like, why is this so fucking blurry? Jesus. Yeah. I messed it up for them. <laughs> I had a great time. I messed it no, up for you though. Do you set it back? No. Yeah, I'm that guy. Be kind, rewind. The guilty pleasure, the guilty pleasure on your face. Why? I think uh, you know it's so great that Star VR have done this because you can just put on the headset, it'll automatically adjust, and you'll get the best experience every time. So it's uh, it's funny that in the chat everyone is sharing their IPD right now. So David has an IPD of like 66. Uh, We have uh, GD Max uh, that uh, has like. 67 or he's saying that that's the standard um 67 on my big ass hat says what yeah. and uh 69 ipd for roy so i mean uh yeah i, I am well below 60 i am well below 60 so i'm not uh my, my range is not even in the oculus or the, and the hd vibe is even worse because the ipd is even uh is even yeah. i think it only goes up until when is it 59 or 60 on the on the vibe you know maybe mike uh, I think it's, it's higher, so it, it might be sort of uh, 60-ish. Uh, but and yeah. we have the Pro. The Pro is the Pro is indeed even higher. Like the, the original yeah. 5 was the a little bit on the lower side. Yeah, so, yeah I, I, I got to mention again, though, as a caveat to people who don't know this and might have been thinking, maybe I'll get an Oculus Go. It's got a fixed IPD. So... But that's a way to adjust it. But I think in my eyes, like, that's the great thing about that headset because the sweet spot is so huge. Yeah. But again, it does... It does accommodate only a certain range, like the most popular yeah. range. Like if you if you're some sort of like you know you know guy like Chuck from the Goonies or something like that, you got a really big head. And <laughs> or like you might, you might a little bit. like in the well, chat, we have uh, we have Mike Philippides. He says I have zero as I am a pirate. Ark. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so yeah, that that is uh, the Star VR, very interesting headset. But I don't think anyone's going to be buying anyone uh, soon. You can just check it out in the arcades. I think that's where you're. One point. I, it, it, made me think when i was looking at the headset looking at the kind of clarity of the lenses the usual kind of reel that they show is uh is there a point of inflection coming that for horror titles is going to switch between like ah comfortable this is fun to i'm panicking please help i'm it's already doing it you know like me (laughs) i know some people are in that category already but for me like my body can differentiate between i've got a headset on and i don't 
But it, there must be that kind of holodeck flip switch coming soon. Yeah, at some point it's going to switch and it's going to be very difficult to, to convince your brain that it's not real, I think. But yeah. uh, would, you, would you still play horror games then? Would you still yeah. that's, that? That's what I'm saying. Like, think yeah. about it. Like, think I if mean, someone literally was going to walk into your room with a knife and then stab it into your chest. Like, could you stomach that? Uh, I've, I've seen worse. <laughs> no, of course, <laughs> of course. Would be neat. It would be neat if you do that together with like people. Like it's like an escape room experience, yeah. so, like what you guys did. Like uh, not marriage counseling, right? <laughs> yeah. Joint therapy, co-op, right? Yeah, but no, yeah. for, for like when like when you play together with multiple people, it's like you know like a, a group event. I think that would be more fun. One one is the killer. One is the killer. I, th- I think I'm gonna call my uh, escape room uh, hospital terror escape simulator. <laughs> yeah, you won't or, see Nathan in there, that's for sure. And, and Zim is gonna have one too. It's called uh, the 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 England Dreadhalls uh, uh, escape room. Yeah, you have to wear a mouth guard uh, as <laughs> required. Okay, so let's move on to our final topic this week, and that is Gamescom 2018. So it's going to be kicking off in Cologne next week, and this is kind of where the you know event of the year where developers, media, gamers alike, they all get together, share and celebrate gaming. So Nathie and I are going to be at the event next week, so hopefully we can... Uh, try out some really cool stuff and maybe share it with you on next week's episode of the show. Uh, we know for sure that Oculus are going to be there, HTC, Samsung, uh, Valve, like we mentioned in a previous episode, but it's probably just the business version of Valve, so don't get too triggered. No. Uh, there's also going to be some VR developers that we know and love, like CoatSync and Vertigo Games. Um, but like we said at the beginning, we know already that their Oculus aren't going to be showing Stormland at Gamescom. It's just going to be at PAX, unfortunately. Um, so let's talk about our predictions about what is going to be shown and maybe what's going to be announced at Gamescom. Uh, if you've got any predictions in the chat as well, please chuck them in because we can uh, discuss those as well. But what do you guys think? Uh, let me trigger you all by saying like Half-Life 3 or, or Left 4 Dead in VR or something like that. What, what do you guys think? Do you think there's going to be any big announcements next week? No. I'm, yeah, no, I'm going to say that you're going to come home like so disappointed that there wasn't more VR there. <laughs> I mean, no okay. new I'm just setting my no, bar no, really I, low. I still think there's going to be a lot of VR there, but I don't think there's going to be like like new titles where you were like, oh, like Bethesda is making like a yeah. new VR game. No. Okay. okay. I think most of the announcements uh, that were big have been made at E3. Yeah. You know, Squanch Games. Uh, Bethesda with uh, uh, Wolfenstein mm-hmm. and uh, Prey, yep. and then you had PlayStation VR with some 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 titles, and wasn't wasn't so so big or or special. Um, so I think most of the games like that's Gamescom, you know, it's a trade event, so people yeah. can play a, like people can play a lot there. So it's it's mainly about you know people need to play play play. Um, but yeah, based on my research. Um, there isn't that much VR. Last year there was more, I think. But I like sometimes like some. That's the thing. Since VR is such a niche market and it's so new, the marketing side of things are also not very sharp. So mm-hmm. there can be a very big company that we don't know about that is just there, but they just don't know how to tell people that they are there. Mm-hmm. Usually people don't don't know because the there are companies like for example Tesla sued. As like a really cool haptic suit, but they never post something on Twitter. So usually yeah. you don't really know where they are. Well, there are others like Vertigo Games. They made an announcement. They put a trailer up. They tell everyone where the games come and they tell it them every day. You know, they do countdown, stuff like that. But you also have companies that are just like, maybe they, they told everyone like six months ago, like, hey, we're going to be at Gamescom. And then you're like, I mean, 
Mike, you, you know how important it is. Like we have been constantly telling everyone on Twitter, we're at Gamescom, we're at Gamescom. And every day I say that I'm at Gamescom, yeah. I get more emails from developers saying like, hey, I'm going to be there too. Yeah. But if I yeah. just posted it once. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But, but in terms of like predictions, I don't have many predictions. Um, I think that that maybe, I, I'm not sure if this is a fact already, but NVIDIA is finally going to put the GPU up for pre-orders, right? Yeah. Or is that just a rumor? Is that a well, fact or a rumor? I read that as well, yeah. I, I so think, yeah, we're going to touch on that in a little bit. So so we'll talk about more about that in a second. Mm. Um, but in terms of predictions, I think you guys are right in that I think it's going to be um, a bit of a sad one. Not a sad one, but I don't think there's going to be any <laughs> big announcements, uh, especially but, for PC VR. Maybe PlayStation might announce something. Um, I know that Gamescom Cup usually not really done that they announce really big titles there? Well, yeah, yeah for, like for VR companies, it's usually not E3 or Gamescom to announce anything. No, it's VR LA, it's the Game Awards, it's like maybe Oculus Connect, because that's where the VR community is like like pointed towards. Yeah, um, so, so usually it's not, it's not really uh, Gamescom or E3. So as our predictions sort of suggest that there's not really going to be a big announcement for any big games. That's, that's the prediction, basically. That is a prediction. <laughs> what would be your one, like, just one each, the one that you would love to see as a big surprise announcement, big reveal, this is the one. And I'll give you my one first. Um, so last week we talked about Doom Eternal, and uh, we talked about the game. We thought it was really cool, but they didn't announce any VR support. However, after the event, because they didn't mention Switch either, after the event, they mentioned that there will be a Switch version of the game coming, and it will be relaunching on the same day as all the other platforms. So I was like, hang on a minute. So the Switch are getting a version of the game. Maybe VR could get a version of the game. So that's the one I would say. I think I've, it's unlikely. I've hearing that as well. Yeah. I think it's unlikely, but I would love it. Probably a VR version coming. Yeah. 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 Well, there is one one more rumor that that I want to kind of like uh, uh, fire up is that uh, when you go to the Gamescom website, you can look for keywords like VR, AR, virtual reality, etc. And when you search for VR, Microsoft pops up. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that means. Could be just Microsoft uh, at their booth with their new computers because they usually have a computer booth and they maybe show some VR. Um, maybe it's but like. Microsoft is still not getting into VR. <laughs> Maybe I'd say they would have paid for uh, for some kind of promotion on wherever you searched for their Windows MR stuff, and they'll have a stand there with like three dudes showing off Windows <laughs> MR headsets. Yeah, but a bit like Nathie, like I searched all the VR companies that are going to be showcasing at Gamescom, and there are some very interesting stuff, mainly sort of in terms of accessories and hardware. Like there's haptic vests, uh, cyber shoes, treadmills. VR accessories, guns, all sorts of crazy stuff. Like Vertigo Games have got like a warehouse-sized uh, Arizona Sunshine experience. So I'm looking forward to checking all that stuff out and hopefully we'll have some cool news to share with you after that. I, I'm going to say for my guess on this, Mike, I'm going to say because I'm, because I'm such a fan of Tactile, because it works with so many different titles, and because I'm sick of waiting for gloves to come out, I'd like someone to do some equivalency to the sub-pack that are gloves that you wear. So when right. you're firing a gun, whatever, you feel the the pulse in your hand, but it's not um, something that requires special development. It's just mm -hmm. going off of, again, bassy oh, sounds. Universal. I'd love to see uh, something like that. No one, no one I've seen yet has like a chargeable no. pair of gloves that you can buy that, that does that. 
There is usually a lot of haptic stuff at Gamescom that they show, you know, like gloves, suits, treadmills as well. Lots of treadmills. Um, it's it's all there. Uh, I expected you to say Max Payne, to be honest, but uh, maybe that's like... Yeah, well, second I think Max there. Payne's dead, I'm yeah. afraid. I wish Remedy yeah. would. I'm going to cosplay as Max Payne. Um, okay, so you've got any other sort of wish, wish lists that you'd like to see before I move on to some graphics card news? Anything? No. No, no. I, I would say Bioshock VR. Okay, you can have that one. Yeah, for sure. VR. Yeah, I'm not gonna give up. I'm on gonna that. say GTA 6 VR. Okay. So uh, <laughs> Spamels uh, says that he would love to see a uh, Outlast uh, VR game. Ooh, I think would like that too. Oh, Duke Nukem VR. Oh, not Duke bad. Nukem, like that's that's a while ago. Like the last game was so <laughs> bad. Like Duke Nukem Forever oh. VR. Mm. <laughs> True. Oh, someone else also says Bioshock. Hey, we're on the same page there. Um, nice. But uh, we'll see. Like, hopefully, a triple A game that gets like or a VR experience, or you know, in 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 Doom's case, an actual like full fledged thing that kind of catch up catches up with with the launch. But who knows? Yeah. Anything yeah. with a wheel. I would take uh, Spin Tracks or any other game like Spin Tracks. If I'm or Spin Tires was this game where you were driving around these like massive Russian trucks through like mud. And they had like, you know, nine wheels or, or something like that. Like they were massive. I'd never seen a game like it before, but it only came to 2D. And I was like, I really wanted it to be yeah. a VR-ified game. You know, something like Euro Truck Sim. But the, we haven't had anything for quite a while yeah. now. I, ice, ice Road Trucker in VR. <laughs> I do it. I do it. Yeah. Factory Life says that he just wants anything with dinosaurs. Of course. I can follow him. I can follow him. Yeah. You've, you've got our hearts or, or, and minds. Or, or, or a, a new uh, Megalodon Rainfall game. Megalodon. <laughs> Megalodon Rainfall? Is that like a, is that a, a, a sort of a tie-in with the new film The Meg or something? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like I'm that. definitely going to watch that one just to have a good laugh. Sharknado 5 confirmed. Hashtag, hashtag sponsored. Okay, so let's talk about <laughs> graphics cards before we quickly wrap the show up. So uh, last week we said that uh, during SIGGRAPH um, they were announcing some of their sort of cards uh, and they showed off their brand new sort of professional card. Uh, this is NVIDIA, by the way, uh, the Quadro. And now these cards are again are for enterprise workstation applications only. However, as we know with previous sort of uh, workspace sort of uh, enterprise cards, the kind of features trickle down into the sort of consumer cards. So what we know is that we're likely going to get a new graphics card for consumers that's going to feature the Turing architecture and that is likely going to support the new virtual link connector for next-gen VR headsets, which will have power, video, and data all in one single USB-C style connector. And we mentioned that on a previous show as well. Um, they teased a little clip and they hinted that they're going to be doing a full reveal in Cologne next week on Monday. So Gamescom actually kicks off on Tuesday for press. It's open on Wednesday for the public, but it's Monday mm. that NVIDIA are hosting their reveal Smart. event. Smart. I know why, by the way. Can I can I say why? Because yeah. I think if they announce it on Monday, they can, you know, on, on, on Tuesday and on Wednesday, they can use those cards at every booth because every game wants to use it. Battlefield, yep. Metro, uh, like everyone wants to advertise it. So I think that's why they go for one day up front and yep. then you can actually see the card, you can experience it, etc. I mean, that would totally make sense. Yeah. So the rumor is that the card is actually going to be called the NVIDIA RTX 2080. So it's going to ditch the GTX, it's going to move to RTX, yeah, gonna and it's going it. to be called a 2080. And the reason for the RTX is because it actually now features ray tracing technology. 
And uh, ray tracing is basically just a new technology that provides more advanced light rendering, just makes things look a bit more realistic, basically. To I just got to say, Mike, rooster teeth are not going to like that. No? <laughs> they have an event called RTX that oh, happens annually. Oh, oh, oh okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's going to be happening on Monday. Uh, I've got some tickets for it, but whether I'll get in or not, because it's like a limited sort of person event and it's it's quite a small venue so who knows but hopefully you know i'll have some news about it we can talk about it some more next week in next week's episodes what do you do with that event uh, it's just a reveal event like it's open to some public press are going to oh. be there as well uh they're probably going to announce it have some demo stations play some games uh, have make some selfies drinks, have make some selfies fun. with a gpu i mean that's what make, you do make, like, make yeah, I, that's what i would do i would make like selfies with a new gpu like hey i'm here with my new best friend well hey <laughs> if, if, if you follow us on twitter and you see us with selfies with gpus you know we made it <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, if you've got any questions, uh, put them in the chat now, and we'll try to answer as many questions uh, as we can before we wrap this week's show up. But just a reminder that this is a weekly VR, AR, and MR talk show, live streamed every Saturday on this YouTube channel, Twitch, and on Facebook. You can tune into the show live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, 12 midday in Central US. If you missed the live stream, don't worry, we re-upload it every Sunday to this YouTube channel. And you can check out the audio version, which is available on Google Play Music, iTunes, and on SoundCloud. If you're not subscribed to this channel, please subscribe and click the notifications Stop. button so you'll get notified when we go live on next week's episode. Mm -hmm. So fire away if you've got any questions. I'd love to know. Yeah. I see I see a lot of people asking, like, are the miners going to buy every card again? Is that still, like, a thing? Are they still, uh, like, like hunting uh, every card out there? Or is that well, not really... Uh... The, the, the price of Bitcoin... Uh, cryptocurrency dropped uh, it's kind of like uh, plateaued a bit now so the interesting mining has kind of dissipated now and graphics cards you can kind of get hold of them again but yeah there were some dark times when uh, when bitcoin was like hitting 14 grand or some ridiculous yeah. um yeah it, you couldn't get one for love no money yeah it was ridiculous yeah. why is Nathan wearing a giant, giant black bra on the Evrieldi banner <laughs> is he uh, is I don't know like I need to check <laughs> okay, we must have missed this in, a, in a quality assurance. Yeah, <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I see, I see. It, it kind of looks like that. That's uh, my my Borat uh, bra. Yeah. Your Borat bra even that that made it not better. That made it even worse. <laughs> he needs a bit of support, you know. He needs support. I know. I know. <laughs> now working out in VR, you know, those muscles become bigger and bigger. It's Be hard being to... a VR only YouTuber is not easy. You know, it's no, not it's easy. Not. Not I didn't get to see much about it, but I saw it. You said Borat, and it immediately put me onto some VR news relating to uh, Steve-O from the yeah. Jackass crew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Doing a VR series. Yeah. Um, I am nervous about that combination because Steve-O's not the spring chicken anymore. Oh, you haven't watched it? He needs to know. Oh, so it's actually something else. Yeah, yeah. Not... Yeah, 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 yeah. You can watch it. Yeah, the, the first episode is out. Uh, it's, a, it's a 360 video. Uh, you can watch it in VR. And it's hosted by Steve-O and uh, Pontius, I think his name is. I can't remember his name. He was one of the original Jackass crew as yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, like, one of the first things Steve-O did was he climbed up a ladder with a volume <laughs> that wasn't even plugged into a computer and just leapt off it onto a table. I was like... What, uh, what it, was, it was one of those like shows you usually see on TV where they uh, show you funny moments. I, I didn't really get the concept of it. He was just talking uh, to the yeah. camera and then every time it was in a different location, and he was like, oh, check out these funny moments. And then you were just watching yeah. some funny moments. I don't know. I don't know what... what I'm going to say something a little bit, maybe... Sorry, Steve-O, but it seems like you're trying to grab for relevancy by hooking onto VR and saying like, hey, guys, pay attention. This is something that's new and cool and... 
I'm just going to yeah. throw myself off a ladder. It doesn't seem they, that. They should just replicate that uh, scene they did in Jackass where they have like those golf carts and they destroy the entire court in like uh, a 180 or something. I would love to watch that. Like those old school moments, like reliving that again. I, I, it's great. Or the alligator inside the house, you know, where they call the parents like, hey, there's there's an alligator in your house, you know? They're like, what the heck? So for the, Mike, you've seen it? Yeah, yeah. I, so I watched is, it, is it just that it's a 360 video format or is there actually, other than the, the ladder climb and jump, is there any like him in VR performing stunts uh, yeah yeah they, they they play some games in vr and they're just amazed by the technology and they do some like they've got like great production values because you know they've got a team behind them and they've got like a mixed reality yeah. studio and stuff like that good uh so it looks kind of cool but i didn't actually watch it in vr i just watched it on youtube by like moving around the screen uh yeah. with a 360 but he yeah plays mind show. he did he did play mind show so, yeah. so it's really just like a one-up for vr then because it's just a, it's just another popularity booster just, more, yeah, people, way exposure. It is. Yeah. more exposure yeah it's good. always good yeah so yeah. even that you might think he's grabbing for relevancy it's still good for the industry in a way yeah. i think and a couple of guys are asking in chat they've asked it a few times now sorry i didn't pick it up um are you guys planning to do a live podcast from gamescom uh, we won't be doing it from Gamescom, no, because it'll just be the two of us there. We'll just be streaming uh, as usual next Saturday. Um, but, you know, we're all going to be at Oculus Connect 5 together in the future, so maybe we'll do something there. We're not quite sure yet, but we'll let you guys know as soon as we'll we figure it out. Best. Yeah, yeah. So that is the end of this week's show. I hope you guys and girls have enjoyed this one. Hope you all have a great week in the metaverse. And until next Saturday, have a good one, and we'll see you then. So until then... Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye. Bye.